it was, it was more of the uncertainty. I'm the type of person that I, I want to know things because if I know things, I can do something about it. And that means in my personal life, professional, just my life in general, because then I can take the bull by the horns. I can make things happen. This is one aspect of my life that I didn't have any control. And only to find out when I didn't have any control, it, it was like I had an open heart to people in my life, an open mind to doctors and people, friends and family members that I'd never had before because I was in such a vulnerable, transparent place. It wasn't easy. You know, I was struggling with my parents getting divorced, you know, a few years before, still dealing with emotional stuff surrounding that. And then they got remarried to other people. Spiritually, I was asking questions, God, are you real? So I'm dealing with stuff spiritually, emotionally, and now physically. But I truly learned the lesson of what letting go means. And I found out that when you truly begin to let go, you have an opportunity to grab a hold of something that you never even realized was there. And that's meaningful purpose. That's Rob Holman, and I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day podcast. My guest today is Rob Holman. Rob is an amazing guy. He's, uh, there's just, there's something about his soul, and I think you'll get what I mean as we get into it. But let me tell you a little bit about him before we do that. So he's an internationally recognized leadership expert. He's an executive coach. He's a keynote speaker. He's a best-selling author. And he's got a heart for this authentic relationship focus that he takes. And he's got a real talent for giving people the skills, equipping people with the skills and the knowledge necessary for their success from what he calls a place of this inside-out leadership method that he uses. It's all about the person inside. It's not about just what we project out. You can't do that if you're still broken inside or if you're still not fully understanding yourself. So that's, um, that's something that really resonates with me and I'm sure with probably everybody listening right now, right? That inner value, your, your self-understanding and self-worth is so crucial if you want to be successful outwardly. Uh, his work has been all over the place, lots of top publications like Inc. Magazine, Forbes, Fast Company, um, and he's endorsed by a lot of the world's top leadership thinkers. He's just got this passion You'll, you'll hear his story and you'll understand why he has all that because it's not a coincidence. And he used to be a professional basketball player, which is a kind of fun little fun fact. Um, and that's, that's a piece of the story as well. But we will get into all that. This guy's great. I'm so glad to have gotten connected to him to be able to share his story with all of you. Big thanks to Kim Sutton, who made that connection. Before we jump in, I would just say this is a show that's meant to inspire you. I hope it does, and it may not be enough. So if you're looking for more, of course, you should head over to brianfalchuk.com or doadaybook.com and get into Do A Day. This book is waiting for you to read it. It's easy to take in. You should take some inspiration from it. You should take some challenge from it. You should take some key questions that you need to probe yourself about and start making changes for the better. So head over to doadaybook.com and, of course, I always love to hear from any of you, so if you want to send me a message or talk to me about the book or your thoughts about what you're going through, 
you can find a form to contact me there and I'd love to hear from you. So with that, we will jump in with Rob Holman. Rob Holman, thank you so much for joining me today. Brian, it's a joy to be with you. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I know you and I have had a pretty dynamic one uh, earlier, so I'm looking forward to continuing the dialogue and hopefully positively influencing many people that are listening. So thank you. Uh, for some reason, I'm not afraid of that happening. I think that'll definitely be the case. I do. Yeah, I was kind of kicking myself that we weren't recording that conversation that uh, that first call that we had because it was like uh, pretty pretty unbelievably powerful in a lot of ways. I mean, I know I felt myself really inspired, and that's why I was like, you know, uh, love to have you on the show and get that story out for others. So I'm very excited to have you here. Yeah. Um. Since we can't just replay that, we got to go through the whole thing again, but give, give people a little bit of a sense of who is Rob Holman? What are you about today? Um, you know, what's, what's, your, what's your current mission? And then we'll backtrack and figure out how did you even get there in the first place? Because it comes from such an inspiring place. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and uh, yeah, one thing I've realized is the power of anyone's story is, uh, is just, it's pretty unbelievable. You know, we, we all are human beings and we all have, uh, we engage in life and life brings at us uh, some amazing times of blessing, great challenge and tribulation. And so mine's been uh, very similar to many people in life. And I'll tell you, Brian, I have to go back to uh, a huge milestone for me is my senior year of college. I was 21 years old. I'm actually entering into my senior year uh, at college. I went to a small university uh, called Widener University right outside of uh, the city of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. And, you know, here I'm 21. I'm, I'm in like July of my, you know, summer before I head back to the college campus in like mid to late August. And I'm getting all excited and, and, and thrilled. I'm a college basketball player, captain of the basketball team. Our team's NCAA tournament bound for my senior year. So I'm just kind of setting the stage a little bit. And I'll tell you this, arguably, you know, your senior year in college is supposed to be the best year of your life. One major problem, though, I I had a a really a lot of pain in my abdomen area and uh, that and I mean, a lot of pain getting in and out of cars was painful. I remember going down the beach that summer, midsummer, and like I love body surfing and like it was it was really hurting me. So I conjured up enough strength and uh, just even share with my mom that I had all this pain. She's like, son, you got to go get this checked out. And I go, mom, I'll just wait another month or so until I go back to the college campus and get my college basketball physical. So I kind of gutted it out, dealt with the pain. And my mom urged me to go before to the doctors, but I didn't because I'm a, I'm a guy and guys don't like going to the doctors, you know. And uh, But Brian, I, I went to the doctors as soon as I got to the college campus or shortly after. And I remember the doctor checked me out and the look on, uh, on the doctor's face, uh, was an alarming one. And, and, you know, doctors need to kind of play it cool, but I kind of saw through him playing it cool. And he's basically said, you need to go in and get tests done right away. And when he shared that with me, uh, I remember walking out of the doctor's office, walking about a half mile across campus to my college apartment. It was the loneliest walk of my entire life. I was numb to the world. I, I didn't even have feeling because I think as human beings, many times we can think the worst, not even knowing exactly what something is. Mm. And so long story short, this very interesting condition, this, this, it, it ended up being a mass in my abdomen that went actually undiagnosed clearly for about a month and a half. And I missed some of the preseason of basketball and I was an emotional, spiritual wreck. Yeah. 
And I mean, if there, I got CAT scans during this month and a half. I got MRIs. I got ultrasounds. If there was a test, I probably got it done multiple times. The doctors were not ruling out cancer. The mass was so abnormal, they didn't know what to do with it. They, so they couldn't give a clear diagnosis. So they, I didn't know what to do with it. So my family's praying for healing. We're praying, quite frankly, we're just praying for a diagnosis. Yeah. And um, what I'm about to share with you completely changed the trajectory of my life. So I finally see this ultrasound specialist at University of Pennsylvania Hospital, UPenn Hospital, who I'd never seen before. He checks me out. And I have pain going into this doctor's office, clear mass. He checks me out this time and he goes, Rob, I cannot even put into words what I'm seeing in the screen. You no longer have any mass. And I was like, no, 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 no. I have pain. Uh, clearly, all the tests were in from all the other places that he was examining, et cetera. But he's like, I cannot explain it. What you apparently walked in with, you no longer have. And he shows me on the screen. He says, look at the screen very intently. I'm going to show you. When he said it and showed me yet a second time, Brian, I'm telling you, it was like spiritual fireworks going off in the depth of my being. And I come out. Now, I was saying, but I still have pain. And, and it, it was so bizarre. It's still bizarre as I'm, you know, but there's something very profound, very deep, uh, and very inspirational happening to the very depth of my being. Before this point in my life, purpose for me, the reason why, you know, why I exist on the planet was winning the next basketball game, was hanging out with the guys and going drinking. But now coming out of this miraculous turn of events, I'm asking questions I'd never asked before. Who am I? Why am I here? I know that I have skills, gifts, and abilities to really invest in this planet and people on this planet. I'd never, I'd never even asked those things before. Yeah. And the interesting thing, I go back to the college campus, I still have pain. Do you know that with every person I shared that story, what had happened, first starting with my college roommate, or with my parents and then my college roommates, et cetera, the pain left my body more and more. Within 24 hours after probably shouting it to half the college campus, I don't know, but I told a lot of people, the pain completely left my body. It's never been back since. That's wild. And, and you, to this day, you still don't know what it was. No, I, I, I just called it a, a modern-day miracle. That's what the doctors called it. I called it that. And, and I, little did I know, over 20 years later, that now I have an opportunity to help people as I've understood what my personal purpose is, and I'm driven by it, and I'm focused with it. Now I actually get to help others and leaders all over the world discover, rediscover their personal existence and see that infused into what they do in their professional life. Yeah. Robert, I want, I want to get into that, into the takeaway, but I got to go back for a minute because there's something I'm really curious about in the, the process of trying to figure it out and, and being in pain and kind of getting nowhere. And like you said, you know, the, the praying ultimately turned into praying just for an answer of, of what, you know, a diagnosis. Was it, what, what, what was the hardest aspect of it? Was it the pain and the, the thing in there and want to figure it out so you can get it out of there or what, or was it more the like, I don't even know what's happening to me and yeah. I don't, and, and I don't even know if I can be helped. Is it that uncertainty or was it the certainty of something bad? No, it, it, it was, it was more of the uncertainty. Uh, you know, I, I'm a type of person that, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm alone in this. I'm the type of person that I, I want to know things because if I know things, I could do something about it. And that means in my personal life, professional, just my life in general. Yeah. 
because then I could take the bull by the horns. I can make things happen. This is one aspect of my life that I didn't have any control. Yeah. And only to find out when I didn't have any control. And it, it was like I had an open heart to people in my life, an open mind to doctors and people, friends and family members that I'd never had before because I was in such a vulnerable, transparent place. It wasn't easy. I can remember even too, Brian, during that time journaling. And, uh, you know, I was struggling with my parents getting divorced, you know, a few years before, still dealing with emotional stuff surrounding that. And then they got remarried to other people. Spiritually, I was asking questions. God, are you real? So I'm dealing with stuff spiritually, emotionally, and now physically. Mm. But I truly learned the lesson of what letting go means. And I found out that when you truly begin to let go, um, you have an opportunity to grab a hold of something that you never even realized was there. And that's meaningful purpose. Yeah. It is... I'm glad you hit on that word control, because I think that's that's one of the hardest things for a lot of us. And you you recognize that you didn't have it yourself, and you were looking to these experts who even they didn't have it because they couldn't explain it. And that's for me that almost amps it up further. Is like not only do I not have any control, nobody has any control. And then then how are you supposed to deal with this? Right, right. And and you know I look back and I I remember. Uh, everyone deals with things different d- in different ways. I can remember, Brian, um, which is not unlike my whole senior year. I mean, really throughout my entire college uh, life, you know, it was four years I was in school. Uh, I was I was a hurting, you know, leading up to what I just explained to you, I was, I was one hurting kid. Now, people would never be able to tell from the outside because I'm this happy-go-lucky guy, you know. But inside, if I were really honest, I was, um, I was really dealing with some stuff. And so I can remember... Um, taking late night walks around the college campus. And this was pretty consistent throughout my entire college life and career. And going behind big dorm buildings uh, where lights weren't even around so that no light could shine on me or whatever. And I would bawl my eyes out. And I'd say stuff like, God, where are you? If you're real, where are you? You know, and and, and I just like would cry. And I get out all my frustration I was a, I was a mess, I, snot and and tears and and I was just dealing with stuff in life, and then I would clean myself up, and I'd walk back to my dorm room or college apartment, and uh, and my roommates and friends didn't even know that I did it, and I can remember during this time, of course, that I just described leading up to this miraculous turn of events. Uh, you better believe that what I just described to you, taking those late night college walks. Uh, we're now intensified. Sure. And you can only imagine the conversation with God and, and, and just what I would put out there in that highly vulnerable and transparent place. And, uh, but again, that was part of a process for me Mm -hmm. to begin to understand what letting go even means. And yeah, so I'm just so, you know, it was one, I never would want anyone to go through what I went through. Um, but I'm so grateful for the outcome uh, of what it awakened me to. Did those, those crying fits or moments that preceded the, the, the beginning of the mass and the pain, did those get you anywhere? Like, were you making progress by getting it out? What, you know, I'm curious about what was feeding into that and whether this, like these momentary releases were actually helping you or if immediately bottling it back up to be, you know, rob the, the, 
the guy who everybody knows and loves and yeah. is super successful at basketball and you know perfect model student and all that like if if that facade just kept holding it back in and where where I'm, where I'm trying to get at is do you think yeah. you needed what you ended up having to go through to you finally know, I, break it out you know yeah i think that um i'm i'm grateful i had different outlets i think outlets are really important for people in process um i, I did a lot of writing i uh took my walks uh basketball was obviously a huge outlet for me uh, I did have a couple of trusted people, um, mostly within my family circle during that time, but I did have people I could turn to and talk with uh, about some of these things, although many things were hidden, but I, I did have some, a couple people. And so I am grateful along the journey, especially as it intensified, to have mm. these outlets because I'm try- I look back and I'm like, what would I have done if I didn't have these outlets? And I, I thank God, like I think each one of us, regardless of what life throws at us, Brian, that if we just look at some hobbies, we look at maybe a trusted relationship or two, we look at the things that maybe bring us great delight or maybe even passion areas that um, that fill our cup, you know, and, and even in deepest, darkest moments that um, you know, they not only get our mind off of things, but they bring a level of um, – contentment and satisfaction and fulfillment and, and everything too. So I'm, I really am grateful for having certain outlets in my life during that time. Cause again, I don't know. I mean, I, I probably would have exploded. I, yeah. there was so much in me that I, I am thankful that it, it was like seeping out, but I certainly had these points along the way to where the lid came off a little bit, you know, but it wasn't like this massive explosion of like emotion and frustration to where, I, you know, I, I uh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, we'll, we'll get into this some more, but so I want to, I want to get to who you became as a result of this. So you, you have your spiritual fireworks moment, which is a beautiful way of putting it. Um, and, and that transforms you and starts you down a path. And how does that bring you to today, to the, the work that you're doing? Yeah. It, it, I mean, first, you know, it, it's like many things, even though I kind of had my awakening in a sense, um, I still had life to live. You know, I had to finish my senior year and, um, I was still on journey and that's important for people here too. You know, sometimes we do have these moments as extreme as they may be, or subtle as they may be, that are opportunities to awaken to things, our purpose, our personal vision, et cetera. Um, but what that did do was I started to ask questions. Like I started to become more aware of my skill sets, my gifts, and my abilities, like kind of who I was, you know, my makeup. And I didn't really even have language for a lot of this stuff that, you know, later on I started to have language now that I help people uh, with this as well. But back then I didn't, I just started to really become aware of some of my skills and abilities in a different way than I ever had before. And because of that, I started, um, yeah, just pay attention to things that I never had. Like for instance, um, so I used to help like my basketball team, you know, I was captain of the team, but I also would help recruiting, recruiting new players. Um, before this, it didn't even, you know, I just would be myself and help the recruits and, and have them stay at my apartment and, and show them around campus. And, and that was just something I did. But now um, I started to even view that little job that I had uh, like, wow, here's an opportunity to actually invest in someone's life when they come up for a college visit. Like even if they're just here for 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever the case is, like not just to get them to play basketball here because I believe in the program and believe in the college and you know the university, but actually it's an opportunity to be present with the one person before me 
and, and invest in them. And, uh, and so I started to even view people different. Recruits at college, my college friends, my family members. It's like I started to have this um, higher perspective on life and people and relationships. Brian, the best way I can describe it might be like this. It's like the world started to slow down for me. Interesting. You know, before that, I'm so, you know, I'm a basketball guy and I'm, I'm a mover and shaker, right? I want to keep going, 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 going. And the more activity, the better. Only to come to realize that activity doesn't always mean good activity. That there's a place to live when you begin to understand who you are, an awareness you begin to have, um, that you begin to gain a different perspective. I call it a higher perspective. And now relationships start to slow down. Um, circumstances begin to slow down. And now it almost feels like, I don't know, you can appreciate this as an athlete. Some of the greatest athletes that I have studied, I've been around, what separates the great ones from the good ones, in my opinion, is when they're like two or three steps ahead of everyone else, they can see the th- certain things happening before they actually happen. Yeah. It's like the game on the field, on the court, on the track. It's like the game, the event slows down for them. Yeah. And that's what was happening in my life. That awareness and now having this higher purpose, beginning to understand who I was, now things started to slow down and I could appreciate and I, I learned to be more present with people. And when things start to slow down and you learn to appreciate and to honor people, just the one even before you in any given time, that's, that's where the true beauty is. That's where intimate and true fellowship and a depth of relationship come from. So now I just started to see vibrancy in my relationships that were never there before. Mm. And I started to serve people uh, because I started to see them as valuable in a whole different way, valuable and honorable and, and admirable. I mean, all these, that they were precious. Like every human being is precious on the planet. Every human being is uniquely made, significantly made. And if I could just leave... Uh, you know, some bit of a, plant some seed in their life or water some seed as small as it may be. I want to be able to do that. And that started almost immediately. And it built. And it built. And, and it built. And, and one of the things I found out about myself um, and how I'm wired, I'm like a true entrepreneur. I, I love new things. I love uh, casting vision and finding people that are far more gifted than I am and getting them in place and then working myself out of a job and then going and doing it again. And that has now led me to starting like nine different organizations in over the last 20 years. And some nonprofit, some for-profit. And for me, it was beginning you know, in small ways at that time at age 21. But as I started to mature and to grow and learn who I was and learn why I exist, only to find out like, wow, I can really embrace, fully, fully embrace who I am. I don't have to compare myself with other people. And, and when I started to do that, that's when things really started to, uh, some momentum started to occur in my life. And, and now, over 20 years later, I get to help leaders all over the world, both non and for-profit, truly understand who they are so they so they know why they're here on earth and they can be more vibrant and in what they do and what they put their hands and feet to day in and day out as a profession see that i totally love that whole idea of embracing who you are um and and i think i think it's next to impossible if not completely impossible to be a truly great leader without that 
it's because yeah. ultimately you, you may seem like a great leader, but you're faking it because yeah. you don't even really know who you are. And I don't, I don't get how you can be a great leader if not just because like circumstances are in your favor and it's, you know, it happens to be easy. Like the company is just doing great, whether you were at the helm or not. That's right. Um, I don't think you can be a true leader without that grasp of and acceptance of who you actually are inside. And a lot of us struggle with that. And and I'll tell you, you know, just my experience uh, has kind of told me why. Um, I think so many entrepreneurial types, business owners, leaders that start things or partner with others to help start things, you know, they, they have maybe a, they've identified a problem maybe in business or in this world, and you know, like and and they come up with their mission statement and their vision for the company, and now they're starting to employ people, and and now the rat race begins. It's not all bad. It's a lot of wonderful things are happening. And in some interesting way, they lose themselves in the midst of that. Yeah. And, and it, so that's why for me, helping people, to, I always say discover or maybe like rediscover. Because I think if, if we're all honest, you know, life does happen and life does move at a very you know, fast pace. And before long, there could be all this even positive momentum in our life with the things that we're building and the relationships that we have and all these different wonderful things, only to look back back to be like, do I even know who I am or why I started this thing in the first place? Mm. And so I, I'm like one of these individuals, I, I give people permission <laughs> to take time by yourself. Hmm. Like one of the most valuable things that I have found in life is take time by yourself. I'm not saying this is easy. So I give people like, I help people. I'm like, you know what? Go on a personal quarterly retreat and spend a half day or a full day all by yourself. Bring a journal with you, bring a couple things, but simplify even that time. Do more listening than speaking. You know, do things that are going to fill your cup to overflowing, that bring you great passion, great delight. So you come back refreshed and renewed and excited, not just about the plans that you have for the future, but about who you are yeah, and why you're uniquely made and the positive influence you can have on this world, one person at a time. What do people say to that? I think people, um, their immediate answer is like, oh, I've been longed for this. They don't but push another- back? And oh yeah, oh there, oh yeah. But here's where the push, most of my pushback comes. I think when I when people hear me say they're like, oh, I've so needed this for so long, or I just want to have that time. But but the pushback comes if you only knew my schedule, right? If you only knew the demands, the responsibilities, the fires I have to put out. And I say this, Brian. Uh, leaders have to learn to effectively lead themselves first if they want to have the greatest impact and transformation in this world. So if you truly value yourself, it's like anything in life, you will do what you value. The question is, do we value it? So if, if that's why I spend time with people on the front end, making sure that they know that they are valuable. Because if people can grasp that they are valuable, then then they won't be scratching and clawing to spend time by themselves in quiet or in time of solitude or, you know, now they'll actually appreciate and 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 realize, wow, I I not only want this from my heart, but I'm actually gonna put plans, you know, action behind how I feel or what I really believe I need and I want. 
and I long for. So I think most of the pushback is more on just the demand of like calendar demand mm. of people. But I will say I I have never had more demand on my time, but never been more in, in, in control of my calendar than right now. I'm spending more time uh, alone, more time with my family than I ever have in my entire life. And uh, and I'm thankful. I you know, again, because I've kind of learned uh, about what I'm sharing with you and your audience. And, uh, and I, it has such a deep place in my heart, and my soul that, you know, I, I want to make the greatest impact imaginable on this planet. And in order to do so, I got to make sure that I take good care of myself. Mm. That's something I think, uh, well, I've definitely heard the logistical pushback. Um, I might be hearing it from my own voice sometimes, I'll admit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all right. I'm not going to beat myself up for it. But um, it, it is one of these situations where not only if you don't take it, you know, you end up worse off. But it, I think it's, it's pretty telling. It's like a, a barometer that if you feel like you can't take it, what does that say about your organization or your leadership? That if you, yeah. can't, be, if you can't be not there for a day and unreachable for a day, that that is, you know, the end of the business as you see it. Yeah. Something's very off. Either your sense of things, or if it's really genuine, you get a serious, serious problem. You have the wrong people. You're not empowering them. You're not leading them. What, whatever the reason is, if they can't survive a day without you, and I challenge people a lot with that. I'm like, you know, you you did this on that day. Did the world stop? Did you go bankrupt? You know, like just ask yourself: all this impossibility is it real? Or are you, are you catastrophizing preemptively? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that the average leader out there, and I spend a, a time with many of them, I know you do too, is running on fumes, if not burn out and don't fully realize it. Yeah. And they're actually giving out of that place of fumes or being burnt out and not even realizing it. And I love this saying, one of my just sayings that has stuck with me over the years you can only give what you got. So at the end of the day, you ever been around a real joyful person? It just, it, you know, and it just rubs off right on the, on the people around them. And yeah. it's just, you've been around someone that just is so anxious and fearful. They can give that away. You know, the anxious or fearful person can give that away. So when we understand that we are valued and, and we learn to appreciate our uniqueness, our significance, our wiring, take time to be alone, to recharge our batteries on a consistent and very intentional basis. When we do that, uh, we are filling up. And, and, and when we fill up now, we go back and to serve the people entrusted in our care, to serve our sphere of influence. But now we're serving out of a much different place. Now we're consistently more at peace. We're consistently uh, more joyful. We're consistently uh, more solution-focused than problem-focused. And, and I just want to see leaders be all that they were truly designed and created to be and, and embrace that and take the time that's necessary for themselves so that they can give more of the healthy side of who they are away to other people. So Rob, did, did all of this... Uh you know, this, this clarity around leadership and better leadership come out of, of this experience that you had? Like, is this really about, that was sort of the first domino that 
started that chain to lead you to today? Or is there something else that's made this all clear to you? Because it's, you know, everything you're saying, I'd be nodding more, it would give a lot of feedback in the mic. So I'm not but I'm I'm with you 100%. Um, And, you know, full disclosure, I'm I'm taking a bit of free coaching from you right now, because I'm thinking about um, my own situation and, and a bit of burnout that I'm experiencing now and someone stepping up and telling me, um, you know, someone who's in my inner circle, trusted advisor to me, who just today was like, something's different in our dynamic. Have I done something? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, has has she done something? And uh, no, it's that unbeknownst to me, I'm behaving differently because of my own burnout issue the past few days, the past couple of weeks. And she's picking up on it, but thinking it must be something about her. Yeah. Um you know, and until she said that, that, that was a reality check for me. It's like, hang on a second. Am I, am I recognizing where I'm at and the right. impact it has on those around me, those I'm supposed to be leading? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting the free advice going on right now, and I appreciate <laughs> that. No, absolutely. And I, I'll, I'll come full circle and answer more of a uh, – yeah, the domino effect did occur, so I'll, I'll tack onto that in just a minute. I think one of the things, though, because I don't want this to escape me – that people can realize they can catch themselves. We all have what I call trigger points. They're vulnerable places uh, to understand if we are running on fumes or on the verge of being burnt out. We all have telling signs. And there's ways for us to pick up on our own telling signs before actually other people do and tell us. <laughs> I mean, this is what I found by personal experience is, you know, are you, like, I'll give you an example for me. One of the ways that I know I'm getting more tired than I'd like to admit um, and I'm running a bit more on fumes is when I'm shorter with people. Mm. See, I, I typically am not short with people at all, but when I begin to get tired, if it's a more of a tiresome season for me, more of an intense season where I'm not taking as much time for myself, I will open myself up. I'll be more vulnerable. Uh, and I call it a trigger. So I start to catch myself with my wife, my kids, people around me that are a little closer to me that I could be a little bit more snappy because I normally am not like that at all. And, and so for me, that is a huge telling sign. So I need to back up and start having a conversation with my wife who knows me best. And some of my, you know, some people who do know me best, even outside my wife to be like, Hey, I've realized some things about myself. I'm sure you probably have too, and give them an opportunity to speak into my life. And then, um, yeah, then take the time that's necessary to recharge my batteries. So I at least want to say that. So people could be listening, being like, ah, wow. I think, think something really good for everyone to ask is, what are some um, vulnerable areas or what I would call trigger points that uh, I leave myself vulnerable, like I'm tired and I react a certain way that is just uncharacteristic for me or for yeah. you? And, and again, that just kind of helps us um, not get to the cliff and fall off, so to speak. But as we're getting closer to the cliff, those warning signs, those trigger points actually help us back up. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near that cliff. Yeah. You know? And if I, I want to add something that um, I think a normal reaction in those situations is that person's doing this to me instead of recognizing I'm, I'm behaving in a way that is triggering them to treat me the way that I'm unhappy about right now. So we you know, and especially actually when we're in those moments, if we're untrained in how to face them, we, we blame the world for doing this to us instead of recognizing like, well, the world might be doing something, but what am I doing to bring that about in the first place? 
you know, because the world was just here before I was around, and now I'm pushing buttons and I'm I'm making waves and it's reverberating back at me. So what am I doing to bring this about? And that's a, a more mature way to look at it that, you know, in those tough moments can be hard for people, but it's doable and it's mostly doable through practice. So you, you have yes. to be conscious of it and challenge and test yourself and ask yourself, you know, are we in this fight because they're just randomly being this way to me? Right. right. Or m- might I be behaving in a way that that made this happen? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, look at the common denominator, right? <laughs> I mean, some of us don't want to have to do that, but if we realize like people reacting a certain way and, and, uh, oh, this person over here a little bit, or maybe that person a little bit and there, what's the common denominator? Oh my goodness. Like I'm actually connecting with this person, this person, this person. Oh, yeah. uh, it's very humbling. So yeah. So I think trigger points are a huge, uh, something practical, that all of us can do to, to pay closer attention to some of the warning signs, some of the, some of the trigger points, so we can back up and make sure to take the time that's necessary. Uh, and, and I'll say this: I some business leaders and owners, I know all can't make it happen, but some need to just take a sabbatical. I mean, some need a little bit more of an extended time. A, a day's not going to cut it. Depends on you know how burnout someone is. I mean. I, I love talking to business owners and leaders and business partners about a two, three month sabbatical and actually helping them build a company that doesn't rely on them yeah. wholeheartedly to where they can work themselves out of a job and, and be at liberty to take extended times of refreshment themselves personally or with their family uh, along those lines. So I really encourage people along, along those lines. I, I will say this, Brian, to get back to your original question though, when this occurred, it was a domino effect, no doubt about it. I mean, this was this was an awakening for me. But I do I want to share something with you that's that's quite personal, if if you allow me to. Of course. Um, I I grew up in a Christian home, and I, you know, I I knew Jesus. I you know, but kind of gone through the motions. And um, with this point, in my life also did, and then I'll catch up to the present day a little bit. Was this awakened me? to something spiritually in the depth of my heart, like this Jesus that I had followed and followed the, the teachings of the Bible for, for my whole life uh, up to 21. Uh, but if I was honest, at times it would be very distant to me. And here, you know, I, I was learning about what this relationship with him was all about. I, I got to tell you, when this happened to me, he became so real so fast and I said, wow, if this happened to me, then this is, this is a God worth following. And I really started to learn who Jesus was and who he is. And what that actually meant for me, I started to actually engage in uh, healthy church community too. And community was a huge part of, you know, has been a huge part of my life. Spiritual community for me of people that are like-hearted, like-minded, following after Christ for me uh, to help my development, my maturity, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all the above, right? Because I believe we're integrated wholes. The community for me and accountability within community for me to be all that I was truly created to be has been huge. And that continues through this day. And I'll I'll say to people listening, uh, community is really important. Like living life with a group of people and maybe it's just two or three people in your life, but, but a group of people that are like-hearted, like-minded, that when you're tired, they'll be the first to come alongside of you and raise your arms up to say, you might not feel like you can do it, but I know you can. We're going to do it with you. That is an invaluable piece of the equation. 
And so for me, my church life experience and my spiritual community has been an absolute gem in the midst of my, uh, in a sense, a bit of my transformation as a human being and, mm. and just my development over the years. And it continues to be because we're human. You know, Brian, you have moments, I have moments. But when we have people we can turn to that are genuine and they, they're really for you and they're not against you and they're not going to judge you, they're just going to be a listening ear sometime, maybe a, a voice of reason, uh, just a hug when you need it, you know, uh, it just goes such a long way. Yeah, no, I definitely hear that. And I, I, I think there's a piece in what you're saying uh, around a, a more purposeful or mindful interaction with the way we live. So when you're talking about your experience with religion and with Jesus up until that moment, it was, it's what you do. You know, it just sort of, it just is. And you weren't stopping to think, well, what does this actually mean to me? And how am I participating right. in this? Right. And then you had this forcing mechanism uh, that brought it all front, front and center. And I, um, I'm going to guess he's not listening, so hopefully this is safe to say, but you remind me in so many ways of one of my college roommates who was a basketball player, um, you know, had this outward appearance. Everyone just liked him so much. And he was really easygoing and nice and, and all that. Um, very religious, but yet there was, and, and this is a place where the two of you differ because you went down a more purposeful path and he sort of stayed closer to what he used to be. But there, there's a... Um, a lack of a self-identity and a connection with who he was. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I saw that in him and I always wondered, you know, why he took his direction from everybody else and never was his own person. Yeah. And I think at this point in his life, he seems to have come into that, but I watched, you know, through Facebook and LinkedIn, whatever else, there's this meandering struggle to figure out who the heck he was, yeah. you know, two different graduate degrees, which is amazing. You could look at it as like, wow, what an achievement, or they're night and day from each other. So what yeah. is he trying to, like, he's, he's following a path that someone's telling him to take and doesn't really know who he is through that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, yeah. you had that wake up. What about the people who don't? You know, yeah. what, what, is, what is the way that they come into understanding who am I and how do I actually live as a verb and not just sort of an adjective about what I'm doing? Yeah, I, I think... <clears throat> People, you know, I, I go back to something I said earlier, that a situation in your life doesn't have to be extreme to have a bit of a wake-up call. Uh, there's, there's things that are thrown at us day in and day out that might be a little bit more subtle in form or fashion that are always opportunities. In any curveball in life, as big as it may be or as small as it may be, there's always an opportunity to be awakened. Uh, awakened to a greater purpose, awakened to a greater destiny. Uh, awaken to fully embrace who you were made and truly created to be. And so I, I want people that, you know, have been discouraged because there, there's, there's people I'm sure listening that, you know, that that's Rob, that's his story, but he did, you know, these guys don't know mine. Like I, you know, everyone lives their own journey and every story as difficult as it may be, um, has meaning and purpose behind it. I'm not saying, you know, it's like this. I, one of the things I help people, and I think I want to get real practical with you, Brian. One of the things I think to help people discover, rediscover even who they are so they can determine why they're here is understanding your life milestones, you know, the things that have happened to you throughout the course of your life and your life journey leading up to the present day. 
So it could have been the divorce, you know, it could have been a divorce, it could have been the birth of your first child. I mean, it could be extremely challenging, a major trial or tribulation. It could be something you're still hurting from tremendously, or it could be a, a milestone, a great blessing. But I think if we take time in personal reflection and begin to chart out our life and, and maybe come up with your top five life milestones, I'm not saying this is not an easy exercise for most people. Because inevitably, there's some really good things and there's some highly difficult, challenging things. It shouldn't be easy. No. I think that's actually really important. If it's easy, you're probably missing something. There you go. Because this is, this is getting into it. And begin taking a look at these things. Begin writing about some of these things. Taking time that's necessary to work through it, to think through, how did I feel? What actually happened? See, it's these life milestones, as amazing as they are or as challenging as they are, that have helped shape us to become the person that we are today actually going through that exercise. Now, some of us may not like who we are, but as long as we have breath, we have purpose. And if we can begin, and this is, this is where courage is really needed for many people. And you know that's why I love to help instill courage. I mean, the, the word encouragement means to help instill courage in another person. When someone feels down and out, they feel like they don't know which way's up, they don't feel like they can, they, they're kind of whatever. Someone to come alongside to say, you may feel like you can or you don't even know how to, but together we will. And, and that's why it gets back to the importance of community. And, but when you definitely choose to, to think through and have a time of reflection like that, and to actually begin thinking, out of seven and a half billion people on the earth, no one's had a life journey like mine. No one, or no one will ever have a life journey like mine. Yeah. And all that that brings with it, all that that brings with it. And in that moment of personal reflection, there is an opportunity. Even when we're in our deepest, darkest hour, and we don't know which way is up and which way to turn, there's an opportunity. That opportunity is shouting that maybe these things have helped shape us to become the people we are today. And I am breathing. As long as I breathe, I'm breathing, I do have life. And there's a reason for my existence. So what is it about my unique journey? Because every person has a story to tell. I'm not saying every person's ready to share their story yet. But everyone has a story to tell. It begins with putting your fingertips to the keyboard, the pen to paper, and begin going on a self-discovery process, identifying your personal life milestones and beginning to see these things and all that's involved and intertwined in those things to say, wow, what, what could actually come out of this that would be positive, not only for me, but for other people mm. and begin thinking through that a little bit. That's, that's awesome. I love, I love the big, questions that actually sound really simple in terms of the, like the phrasing, you know, there's nothing huge in terms of the words. It's not a ton of different steps. It's just a really straightforward question that actually you should struggle a bit with. You should yeah. revisit, you should, you know, answer it today, come back to it tomorrow. Think it is, is that still the way you feel? Is there more to it? Is there a layer underneath what you just answered? You know, keep digging into it until you get down to, you know, scratching it at the, the core of it all. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I mean, there, there's layers and I think the, the layers for me, I, 
there's there's five things I determined, one of which I just talked about, understanding your, your personal life milestones. But if you really want to understand who you are, number one, foundationally, you've got to be willing to go on a self-discovery process. And that is a vulnerable place to go. And, and I always encourage people, uh, have at least one person, whether it's a coach, a loyal family member, or friend that's willing to come alongside of you during this vulnerable time where you are going on a personal self-discovery process. Because listen, we're all born for exploration. Every, every human being is born for exploration, whether we realize it or not. But there's five things. One I've already hit on, the personal life milestones, but four others that I think are really important on this. And it's like layers. You know, It's not a particular order you go through, but just five really important things. So personal life, life milestones uh, is one. Second would be your personal core values. What are the things that matter most to you? Well, at the end of the day, these are the core convictions of the heart, the things that we stand by, the place that we're actually making decisions out of all day long and may not even realize it. So what are, the, what are your personal core values? Second, start to, on the self-discovery process, start to think through a little bit, what are your top strengths? These are like natural talents, things that have always come easier to you ever since you were a little kid. And there's always abundance of fruit, always a lot of fruit whenever you're engaging in these things. What would you say your top strengths are? So you got personal life milestones, you have personal core values, you have top strengths. How about your top passion areas? What are the things, whether it's hobbies, whether it's aspects of work, relationship, places that you go, that just like when you're engaged in these things, they bring you life. And you could actually talk about this thing or these things all day long as though it being the first time you've ever engaged or even shared about it. What are your, what are your passion areas? And then lastly, what would you say is your top or your primary gift in life? Now, some of this crosses over into strengths and different things, but think about gifts for a minute. Like, like we all have gifts. Gifts aren't meant for us to absorb and to be selfish with. Gift, you know, we've been, I've, I'm personal, under personal conviction that we've all been given many gifts, but I believe that there is like a primary gift. Like I love to encourage people. Like I would say encouragement is my primary gift. You know, are you a born encourager? You love to come alongside of people when they're a little jaded or a little down and out and bring life and speak life into them. Or are you more of like a, just a really gifted trainer or teacher? Like, like you could just teach people with ease and there's a lot of fruit there and there's a lot of joy that comes to your heart when you're teaching someone how to do something, maybe for the first time or for the thousandth time. And gifts, again, we, we are given primary gift and multiple gifts the moment we are brought into this world, but it's, in a sense, we become the gift. So when we're no longer on the earth anymore, it's a legacy we, we leave behind upon the earth that has ripple effect, that has an opportunity to affect future generations. So I think in this self-discovery process, Brian, it's layers. It's a willingness foundationally to be vulnerable and transparent, to do some deep digging deep within yourself, not to find the faults, not to find all the problems with yourself, but to actually look for the seeds of greatness that are in you. And when we begin to do that in community, it's pretty amazing what we begin to find out about ourselves. Mm. And now we come out of a process like that. And we can't help but ask when we begin to understand who we are, all right, now knowing this, now why am I here? Wow. Yeah, simple stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, it's like, it, isn't, it, isn't it crazy, though, how sometimes the, the things that almost appear to be the most obvious, like taking time for yourself and self-reflection, self-discovery – 
but the thing the thing like that we can neglect the most yeah but yet that's what catches us on fire that's what leaves a lasting imprint print in the lives of people when we're living and breathing out of a place like that yeah and then you're you're not doing it uh just to go through the motions or to meet someone else's expectations you're doing it to meet your own expectations which is all you're left with at the end of the day that's it you you need to figure out again like we we so come full circle uh you need to figure out who you are if you want to expect to have a true impact a lasting impact throughout every facet of your life and you can you can maybe fake it in one area for for some time but there's a limit to how long you can do that without either burning out being disgusted with yourself or having other people see through it and be like you know this is not a genuine person what am i doing here that's right. And, and I'll tell you, we haven't even discussed, I know time won't allow this time around anyway, we haven't even discussed when you begin to understand who you are and why you exist and then starting to see that infused into your work. Mm. I mean, we're just scratching the surface because now you start to take this personal vibrancy, this personal passion and enthusiasm for life, a, a changed perspective, if you will. Now, the lens in which you look at your business begins to change out of that place. The lens you begin to serve those in your sphere of influence begins to change. The, you know, maybe why you're even doing what you're doing in the workplace begins to change. You talking about now having lasting fruit in a place of business. Wow. Pretty, pretty remarkable. Do you, to, to shamelessly plug your book, do you get into that in Lead the Way? I do. You know, okay. I, I work with people in the book uh, about this personal um, purpose, uh, self-discovery that leads to your pr having personal purpose. But then I do get in and get very practical. Now, when you understand who you are and why you exist, you are a working professional. You're a leader. So I help kind of bridge, uh, very practically speaking, bridge from that personal life into professional. And, and help people kind of walk across that bridge. And it's, it's pretty cool because I, I'm just a firm believer, Brian. I know you are too. It's one thing to encourage people and maybe bring elements of inspiration. But I think too, it's really important uh, for sustainability in people's personal and professional lives to bring practical tools for the toolbox, you know, and, yeah. and to where they can say, wow, this is really tangible stuff. If I begin doing this and seeing these cer certain things through, wow, it can really lead to having that lasting impact the way that Rob's speaking about. Yeah. So I do get in that in the book. Yeah. Well, it's a good way to wrap in talking about the book, which is one of the things I was going to ask as, as we go out. Um, we do, we, we are running out of time. Um, I have a, I, I can feel another, another appearance by you on the show. So we'll, we'll have to hold that for next time. Um, but this has been awesome. And, uh, I've, I've really, really appreciated. There's a power and an energy to not just to your message, but hearing you talk about your message. And that's, you know, I, I talked about in the intro, which I didn't make you have to listen to because I always think it's <laughs> awkward to hear people talk about you. Um, but I, I do think that's such a, a key piece of who you are. And, you know, I remember that from our phone calls. I came away being like, I think we we're supposed to talk for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And we went, yeah. <laughs> we did talk for that long. We just talked significantly longer than that afterward. But I was like, what an energy 
this guy has about himself, um, it just, it comes out. So thank you for sharing all that. And, and with you as your genuine, you, uh, really, really inspiring. I I appreciate it. And I, again, I do go back to when you and I first, uh, did talk and we had a lot in common, obviously very unique life journeys. But one thing I appreciate about you, Brian, is your authenticity and, um, you being so willing to share, um, a wake up call and, you know, or calls in your life that you've had. And when you get people talking about real life stuff, that's the place where magic happens. I mean, that's, that's where there's genuine friendship that begins to be built and fostered and not just talking about, Hey, what do you think about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl? Not to say there's any problem with that because I am from Philadelphia. I'll talk about the Eagles all day. Why'd you have to do that? (laughs) Oh. Oh man. But I know I, I'm from Philadelphia. I feel like I, I always have to, that's somewhere in the conversation. I don't know. But I, at the end of the day, there is a big difference, which I know we realize, you know, certain more surface conversation and much more meaningful conversation that really leads to long lasting friendships. Yeah. And so thank you for all the, for who you are, most importantly, and the work that you're doing, because so many people all around are being impacted by it. So keep up the great stuff, man. Well, right back at you. Thank you. Um, before we go out, where where can people find you, follow you, get more? Because I, I know they're going to be hungry coming from this. So where's the best place to reach you? Yeah, I would say just my personal website, which is uh, robholman.com. And that's Rob with two Bs. And, uh, and if people are interested in the book, um, the book website is leadthewaybook.com. Great. And I will link to all that. And they should follow you on Twitter as well, Super. at Rob Holman. Um, Rob, that's awesome. Any, uh, anything that, that we haven't hit on that you're feels really crucial to get out before I make you say goodbye. (laughs) You know, I, I would just say, um, to every person, and this is not going to be a big surprise after hearing my heart now, but take the time that's necessary for you because you deserve it. Mm. That's what I would say. I love that. Very true. And there's no need to fight it because somehow the world will continue to spin, even if you're not there turning it. That's right. Um, awesome. Thank you for that, Rob. And um, let's close it out. You, you want to join me? Let's do it, you man. Ready? All right. Yep. Today's a new day. Go out and do it. Perfect. Thanks so much, Rob. Oh, you bet. Are you fired up right now? Rob's such an awesome guy. And he's got this passion that you can't, you can't listen to him and not feel it. And you can't feel yourself. You can't not feel yourself lifted up, empowered, pushed excited listening to rob and you know he did have a really big moment as did i as did some people but he's so right you don't need to have this giant you know as he called it like the the uh, spiritual fireworks like you don't have to wait for that you don't have to look for the big thing you just have to turn and look within the big things in you if you're willing to do the work for it i love it's that inside out that he talks about you know he talks about it in the context of leadership well, guess what? Even if you're not like a boss at a company or running something, you're leading yourself. You know, you're leading your life. So we're all leaders. If you're willing to start from the inside, work on who you are, and then from that place, you turn to the outside world and you contribute back. And that's what Rob is all about. I love that message. So check out robholman.com, R-O-B-B-H-O-L-M-A-N.com. You can get everything about him there, his book, 
see about his speaking engagements, his message, the whole nine. Um, he's awesome. And, and if you're interested, you can uh, sign up to work with him as a coach as well. That's uh, such a huge piece of his focus. What a great guy. Um, thank you for listening in. If this has meant something to you, I know I say it all the time, but I mean it all the time. Please subscribe. Please leave a review for two reasons. One, you know, it does help to get the message out. The more positive reviews, the better. But also, I really need the feedback. I want to know what's working, what's inspiring you guys. I want to know when a particular guest is really like, you know, resonating with people. Um, and I want to know, like, that's the kind of person I should be bringing to you so you can feel that growth in yourself. So please subscribe, give me the feedback, leave the review, reach out and take those steps for yourself. You can find everything at brianfalchuk.com, head over to doadaybook.com, get the big old exercise. You can get the book. You can listen to the TED Talk, whatever you need to help push you along your way. That's my whole purpose. So thank you again for joining me for yet another episode. I hope this one meant as much to you as it did to me. I'm so glad that Rob was able to be a guest on the show. I think he's incredible. And I hope that everyone recognizes the blessing that you have each day to go out and do it. Take care.